predictable, you should just stay home and work nine to five and drive your 20 minute commute every day back and forth to work and work at the same place. Like then stay home and be a full-time worker. As a traveler, you're trading in that predictability for a lifestyle that comes with a lot of ups and downs and, and things that come up that are unexpected, but the benefits you get from that are also so rewarding and the adventure and the journey and the unknown is also part of the fun. Welcome back to the Gap to Travel Podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron. And in this episode, it is part two of our fact or fiction of the travel healthcare world. And here's a little fact for you. Ooh, when one. this comes out on the 10th of November, mm-hmm. Tuesday, today, we will be this week, we will be celebrating on the 13th, Friday the 13th, mm. we will be celebrating our 10 year wedding anniversary, mm-hmm. which is insane. It's big. 10 years. So I know. And again, it's just, it's hard because I feel like there's an asterisk on it because we were so excited to celebrate our 10 year wedding anniversary in some unknown location around the world. Some big, it was supposed to be Greece or airplane beach or however, because we were going to be on our gap year. Yeah. And so we were like really excited because like, man, what a way to spend our 10 year wedding anniversary. But again, I did have a conversation with somebody and, you know, they were seeing the bright side and saying like, how awesome is it you guys have been together 10 years and you are together. And well, and we get to go to the Ozarks instead. Which is cool which because is the same thing. if you haven't watched the Ozarks, <laughs> it's a great show on Netflix. And so um, usually for Kim's birthday, we chase reality TV. Um, this year we're chasing sitcoms for our uh, for our wedding anniversary. Apparently, yeah. I mean, if you can't be in Greece or you can't be can't be in St. Martin, looking at all the planes at Airplane Beach, then you might as well be in the Ozarks. You <laughs> exactly. know, it's in the like, winter, in the in the middle of the winter. <laughs> yeah. Like, why not? Like, yeah. That's where we're going to be celebrating our ten year wedding anniversary. I'm really excited. We're actually going to next week on the podcast. We're going to talk more about that. Uh, we're we'll going to be do coming like a 10-year the... wedding anniversary relationship podcast. Yeah, we're going to answer some questions and kind of share about our um, like anniversary weekend and all, and all. It'll be a relationship-based podcast. So if yeah. you're interested in that, come back next week. If you have any questions specifically that you would like to ask us, you can DM us on Instagram at Kim and Aaron G. I'm actually going to do like a poll of just like anything that people have, not like relationship advice, but I mean, we, we could, we always are 10 years. Yeah. But, um, just, yeah. Any questions you have about our relationship in general or whatever. Well, I think speaking onto that too, you know, going with us to the Ozarks, that's a good way on our story. Uh, we're on the story every single day. Almost Kim is, that's her thing. Um, I've actually been getting better at it. Which You're kind I'm, of a star. I know. It's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> so follow along with us on Kim and Aaron G on Instagram. And uh, you can come to the Ozarks with us. Yay. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be. I'm actually really excited. I am too. We, we did like a full on relaxation. Saying, We're staying at the Four Seasons. Which is really bougie and fancy for us. We don't usually. It was cheap. 
Well, that's why we're staying there because we're like for the four seasons, it's so freaking cheap. Mm -hmm. It was less than like a Motel 6 we stayed at, yeah. like the middle of nowhere. Cause, but I guess like who's going to the Ozarks in the winter, right? Well, like prices are low. I also upgraded our room, so it did go a little bit more expensive. But for the base rate of just staying at the Four Seasons, it was cheaper than a Motel 6 Super on the road. Super cheap. Yeah. And so we're going to do like a spa day and kind of get pampered, relax. And go then for a couple hikes. Hiking, dinners, good talks, cuddle yeah. time. All the, I think it'll be like all the things. It'll be perfect for you, especially working... Um, and I'm having, just like, ready. A relaxing weekend, and you get Friday off. That's what I was saying. Like I'm excited it's our anniversary, but I'm like more excited that I have a long weekend. I do want to. <laughs> I do want to put this out there though for all of you guys who are heard Kim say Friday the Thirteenth, um, <laughs> and you know everybody has like thirteen is such a bad number. It's bad luck, but no, it's not. Yeah, bad luck. It's bad luck, but negative. Negative, but it's funny how we've realized that thirteen has been in our relationship since we started, and we were engaged on June thirteenth. We got married on November thirteenth. The year that our ten-year wedding anniversary is, we've been together thirteen years, oh. and we signed the documents and got the keys to our first house oh, on December thirteenth. Yeah, it's like a, it's a very special significant number to us and our 10-year wedding anniversary fell on friday which the 13th. is perfect. well it's always going to be on the 13th which i was thinking about that but, but now it's just like friday the friday yeah. the 13th like. which i think is so cool and it, like aaron said it's like 13 years we've been together right dating you know but 10 years of marriage i just thought that was really cool yeah. so 13 is our special number it is it is mm -hmm. So anyway, love you. Um, <laughs> love you. <laughs> that was kind of thrown in there. <laughs> but anyway, um, if you are listening to this podcast, uh, this is part two of our fact or fiction. It was based off the fact that last week was election day. Um, I'm not going to try to pretend uh, that I know the future. Um, yeah, because we're actually recording, recording this. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we have peace and are moving forward in our country. Uh, we know there's been a lot of craziness going on, but I just think steps moving forward. So whatever the decision is, um, let's let's hope, go. Let's yeah. find some peace because there's a it. lot of disruption. There is, and a lot of anger and a lot of just drama right now. And I just hope, as a whole, no matter what, we can start to move forward as a country and find some more kindness and peace in all of us. Yes, yeah. you know, it's a good way I mean? to start. All right, let's get, on that let's, note, let's get into it. I was going to say, pause this and go listen to the first one. It kind of builds upon it. Um, so definitely go listen to part one. If you have heard part one, then let's get it going. I smell like B.O. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's because I was running. I went for a run. Oh, did, did you? She was like an Olympic power walker. Okay. Like these two ladies with a dog and a stroller walked faster. Whatever. Okay, first of all, I haven't ran in a long time. Second of all, I just went out to be more of a friend and support system for you. So I did two laps with you, and then I pulled off, and then Mimi and I sat out in the sun and basically watched Aaron run by yeah. back and forth and cheered you on. Yeah. And, and that was... I had a cheering section. Yeah. It was nice. It was good. I'm sure it's on the story. Yeah, I, I figured. I saw the phone up, and I'm like, "Oh God, she's recording me." You looked good, though. Well, thank you. Yeah. I All appreciate right. it. That Let's... was at the uphill. I was like, <clears throat> I was trying not to breathe hard. I zoomed in on your calves. Oh my God. And your bold. Okay. All right. So we left off with um, travelers are the stepchildren of the department, and we are going to move on from there. All right. Let's go. Let's do it.
Okay, so number, number seven. seven, and we are going to continue with the style because I like it, um, even though the election is over. Um, so, the fact or fiction. Traveling is all rainbows and butterflies. Ooh, I, okay, so this is, I feel like I coined this statement. Um, I think you did. I think I did, I'm going to take credit for it. Okay. So, here's the thing is, is we, anyone who knows us, and I feel like, just as a side note, because we just speak very candidly on this podcast, we actually need to be better about introducing ourselves because I feel like we just I assume, do at the beginning. No, we say, hi, we're Kim and Aaron, but it's like, who are we? Like, we're healthcare travelers, right? Like, we've been traveling for eight years. We're the creators of Traveler School. Like, we're in the know of this travel industry, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we were on the TravCon committee. Like, this is like our jam, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and we're speaking about healthcare traveling specifically here. So I think it's important. Like, we need it to get is. better at that. But we also, this podcast too, we speak about long-term travel and taking gap years and things like that. So No, it's I like, know, but I feel like it's important for people to know who we are. Because right. not everybody who comes to the podcast knows that, right? Right. Okay, just side note, private conversation. Well, there you go. Well, well done. <laughs> private conversation. But that, because that triggered it because we always, like, we're such huge, like, proponents of traveling. And we always are, like, telling people, travel, travel, travel. It's an amazing lifestyle. It changed our lives. Like, I will always be so grateful that we took the leap and made that decision because it wasn't always an easy, it wasn't an easy decision at all for us to make. And I'm glad that we did. Agreed. That being said, yes, traveling is this incredible opportunity and lifestyle that we've been able to create for ourselves. But it is not always smooth sailing. It is not rainbows and butterflies. Like traveling comes with a lot of challenges and obstacles and hurdles and decisions to make, tough decisions to make, and things fall through and and, and contracts cancel and housing falls through. Like so many things come up that you have to figure out. Recruiter issues. Yeah. Company issues and work issues. It's shitty departments that you work in. We talked about that in the last episode, right? Like, or uh, lots of call or, you know, just maybe an undesirable shift, whatever it is. There's things that come up as a traveler. Like this lifestyle is not smooth sailing. It comes with a lot of twists and turns. Being away from home, outside your comfort zone, lonely. I mean, there's the list goes on. That's so, oh my gosh, I know. Like (laughs) now we're like making a list of like, maybe you shouldn't travel. (laughs) (laughs) But with that being said, said we personally feel this is a personal decision uh, opinion but that the benefits that we get as travelers outweigh the risks the challenges the hard times the bumpy times the lonely times it always outweighs that because we love the freedom that we have as travelers but it doesn't mean it's always easy right and again it goes back to the prior podcast of just I honestly like really break it down to it's how you see life. It's how you see situations. Like if you look at, you know, risks and if you look at problems and things that you've had is just like, this is just the way it is. And we were listening to a podcast this morning and they were talking about it. And it's just like, if, if you're that type of person that is always kind of the woe is me, everything happens to me. Um, this is just how it is. I have bad luck. Well, then traveling is going to not only elevate that, but it is going to bring it out in a big, big way because it is not, it's going to expose that, that feeling in a, in a magnified way. A hundred percent. Like we always say too, it's like how you look at life. Like we have a growth mindset. Okay. That's us. And 
we believe that everything that's happening is is neutral right like things are neutral but we put the meaning around what those things mean and we get to determine how we react to them how do we look at these things like do we look at them as like oh my god of course this happens to me everything bad happens to me or this sucks or going down that rabbit hole it's very easy to do like as humans we naturally lean into that negative type of conversation that we have with ourselves but then we can also look at it and this is something that you and i have gotten really good at over the years is like how can we use this as a lesson how can we use this to grow how can we use this to become more confident or learn from this or, so we don't do it again or what are we missing what are we missing is this here? a way the universe is telling us to like relook right. at this do we need to redirect mm -hmm. is this not the right thing like there's so many different ways to look at things and to analyze things and to feel things of like what's the bigger picture here and what even though this is like maybe not the most positive situation or this is a big challenge that's come up what can i take away from this that will add value to my life moving forward and me as a person and my own growth and development yeah. as a happier more confident more resourceful human yeah. and that's always how we look at it and i think it's really important um to be able to do that and also know that life always throws things at you to learn and to grow and opportunities to pivot right and, and switch paths and um traveling elevates the hell out of that <laughs> oh 100 percent. what was i gonna say i just like lost my train of thought again oh i remember what i was gonna say because it magnifies everything it's a, a beautiful reminder that everything is figureoutable right and this is a is something we say a lot marie forleo wrote a book about it she's fantastic you should read the book it's great for travelers it is. but you can figure anything out as long as we kind of get out of our own way and take that big step back and say okay what am i missing here what can i learn or grow how can i grow from this and i'm going to figure out what the next step is mm -hmm. you know um I think it really allows you to strengthen that muscle. It does. Over time. It does. Absolutely. Because well, shit, ha shit happens. And like, I want to say like contracts do get canceled. Like that sucks. In eight years, that's never happened to us. Nope. So I can't speak personally about that. But I know that that would suck. Especially if you have oh housing. Oh my God, like, I can't imagine. I get it. But it, it's something that happens like when you're signing up to be a traveler, you are, you're, you are kind of signing a contract of this um life that isn't always predictable but if you want it predictable you should just stay home and work nine to five and drive your 20 minute commute every day back and forth to work and work at the same place like then stay home and be a full-time worker as a traveler you're trading in that predictability for a lifestyle that comes with a lot of ups and downs and, and things that come up that are unexpected, but the benefits you get from that are also so rewarding and the adventure and the journey and the unknown is also part of the fun. It is, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to explain this, but this just kind of popped up into my head and there's a lot of times just from the business side of things that Kim and I have jumped into and I, I just wanna preface by saying that um, what does Angie Lee say all the time? She says it's better. Ready is a lie. Ready is a lie. And that's the thing. If you're waiting for the perfect time, there'll never be a perfect time. So I do believe in just taking steps forward. But with that being said, understanding that as a traveler, there are risks. There are things that you have to understand. And if you're not setting yourself up to be able to handle those hurdles, then it is going to be a little bit more difficult. And I think what I was getting at was there's what I've noticed is in Kim and I's past prior businesses that we've done, and even in the traveling world now, 
there were times that if a contract got pushed back at the beginning, we would have been hurting and, and in a bad place. Those fortunately did not happen. Now, if they push back your contract, if they literally called you and were like, hey, your license didn't come through, you'd be like, okay, <laughs> like, yeah, awesome. Like, I don't great. care. Because we've prepared for those things. We understand them. And I think going back to the business thing, you know, we, we jumped in and we were doing things. We were throwing up websites. We were trying to do all these these different type of things. Um, and when things happened, it felt more magnified. This time when we're going into our Amazon store, we've really done the due diligence to save money, to have money to invest into it, to handle all the different things that pop up. We didn't put a big rush on things. We were we're more patient, we're more methodical. And when things do happen, I feel a lot more relaxed. Whereas in prior business, you know, it's like I wanted to do something, but we didn't have the money to do it. And then it kind of like yeah. started to, you know, mess up and I, I didn't have ways to fix it. And so it felt a lot more elevated because I didn't take the time to actually understand that, yes, there are going to be hurdles. Yes, there are going to be things that come up. But what can I do personally to prepare myself for them? Yeah, 100%. And I think, too, like, it wasn't, it's not your first rodeo, right? So right. the more you, it might be heightened more in the beginning because mm -hmm. it's new and you're learning and you're trying to figure things out. But once you get into it, it, just like anything, it becomes more normal to you. You start to kind of be more decisive, make decisions. Oh, that I've seen that happen to me before. Now I know what to do for the next time. So you become more savvy, right? Like yeah. you're building that muscle up because it's not your first time. Yeah, You know what absolutely. I mean? So let's just move on to the next one. Um, the next one is all recruiters are created equal, even if they work for the same company. Yeah, this is a hard no. Yeah. And we, I mean, we talk about this all the time because, you know, you can work with two different recruiters at the same exact company that essentially have the same rules and have two completely different experiences when it comes to pay, when it comes to interaction, communication, everything. And what a lot of people don't know is that recruiters really have their own autonomy, that they can really make their own decisions. And as long as they're meeting, you know, there's obviously a certain percentage of our pay package that has to go to the company, right? They have to make a profit, they have to pay their bills, all of that. So the company has a certain mark that you have to, that goes to them automatically. So as long as they've, you know, reached that, they can really kind of do what they want, right? Mm -hmm. And so, that's why it's so important and we talk all the time about as the traveler really learning the industry really learning all of the things to empower yourself so that you know the right questions to ask so you know you understand the industry you understand how pay works how everything works so that when you're working with a recruiter you can start to understand is this a good is this a good flow do i do i feel like he you know is my pay package does that look fair is that how i would expect it to be you can start really asking the good the right questions and good questions to see if it's a good fit for you or not based off your knowledge, not off of. Right. And I think one of the biggest things too, is we see in the groups a lot is, you know, one people referring their specific recruiter and just understanding that it's great to take those recommendations because they might've worked really well for that traveler, but understanding that that might not work well for you. And knowing that all, tra or all recruiters are not created equally, 
um, they might not be that traveler that referred uh, the recruiter to you might not understand the industry very well and they might not be paying them fairly and as a as an empowered traveler and understanding the industry you know you would be able to ask the questions and be able to kind of weed that out and make the best decision possible for you um, but we see it all the time where you know even Kim and I have said we would have referred our first recruiter to anybody and everybody because she was always responsive super knowledgeable for what we thought um, and was really nice and, and really pleasurable to we work with. We loved her. We literally loved her. Like we had a good relationship with her, but now knowing what we know now, she, you know, didn't pay us more. She didn't give us our travel reimbursement back when we would extend, which is a no brainer. It should always be that way. Like she did, she only paid the time and a half, which is like the bare minimum, like for call, for and, call, and, like the, yeah. you know, so knowing what we know now, it's like, damn. And we, because we liked her, we would have been like, work with our girl, work with our girl, work with our girl. And we would have been passing along this recruiter who, yes, in theory is a great person. I would love to have a glass of wine with her and hang out, but do I really want her, you know, doing my pay packages? Right. right. So you got to look at the, the resources and the people who are, who are, sh like passing along their recruiters. Well, and that's know? a good point because we were passed down from her to her, I guess, trainee, yeah. right? That we worked with in the past and she passed off all of her recruiters, you know, throughout the company. So he is our new recruiter and he's with the same company and does things totally different the way that like it's supposed to be done. And we've built that awesome relationship with him. And that is within the same company. Exactly. A hundred percent. And so, you know, that's why we're huge proponents of Nomadic Care. That's why they sponsor the show. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Laura, who is a friend of ours, really made it her mission to create a system that would really bring out the best, most honest, transparent, highest paying recruiters that know the industry that know the industry right educated recruiters that she could pair travelers up with and so she created this whole business around it. it's called nomadic air um and the link for that is in the show notes so you can check that out and um and yeah it's like she's made it her mission because she understands because she had a really negative experience with her first recruiter she realized that, wow, recruiters are very different. <laughs> and so she now goes out of her way to only seek the best recruiters possible for our industry and change our industry. And in holds whole, them accountable. And holds them accountable. So really important takeaways, really important to understand is that not all recruiters are the same. There's a lot that goes into it. Understanding the right questions you want to ask to make sure it's a good fit for you and um, also working with a couple different recruiters. We always say work with like two, three recruiters at different companies is really important. Too. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. So number nine, as a traveler, first days walking into a department, a new department get easier. Fact or fiction? So I think that this is a very uh, subjective. It is. Uh, situation because in my opinion, no, they don't. No. They don't, they don't get easier, at least for me. You know, I've been a traveler for years and here's the thing, like as a traveler, it's like, 
in normal life, normal people, they probably have like maybe a handful of first days because typically in like our culture, you have like the same job for however many years, right? And then you retire, you might switch maybe a couple times, whatever. Travelers, we switch every three months and we have a couple, you know, first days a year. If not more. Right. I guess and you more. can have up to four. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So we have a lot of first days. And for me, I like, because you just, you never know what you're walking into, right? So you want to do your due diligence on the interview, ask the right questions, kind of get an idea of what you're getting into, but you still have no idea with personalities, what it's really like, all the energies like in the department, everything. And so I still get nervous. I was right before I started here, we were talking, like I had the Sunday scares. Mm-hmm. To the extreme, well, and I'm do like, people know what Sunday scares are. Sunday scares, like, like, because you have to go to work the next day, mm-hmm. and so you start to like feel terrified inside. At least me, I'm just like, I start to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm counting down like the seconds because I know I have, I don't want to go to sleep because I know when I wake up, I gotta go to work, and it's like a whole situation. I'm starting to get them now. It's only <laughs> three o'clock. Um, and so, anyways, I was like, I thought, like, shouldn't this be easier by now? Like, I've been doing this for so long, but I'm still so nervous. Like, and so, you know, for me, it's like leading up to it, like the drive there, like everything, the walking, because like you always walk in and like they have to call whoever to come to the front. So it's always that weird, like I have my little lunchbox in my backpack and I'm like, do, 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 do. like, who's going to come out? Like, you're just waiting, you know? And from that moment until you actually get in and kind of like get a feel for things, I can start to like, okay, okay, okay. Like I start to feel more comfortable, but like leading up to that moment, like I'm always a bundle of nerves. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think, I think there are, if I was answering the question, I say that that is completely um, fiction that they get easier. I think there is a little gray area there that I would add that certain parts of it get easier. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, as you build the muscle and understanding, I mean, if you can picture your first day of school back when you were a kid and like my first day of public school, I went to private school my whole life. My first day of public school, I was petrified because it's like, I don't know what people do and it's different and it's not the same kids every single year that I've been going to school with, that it's just, you know, the summer. And now we're like there, they know my name, they know who I am. But if you were new there, that feeling over and over and over again is scary. And that happens a lot. And I think for me, it's gotten easier when it comes down to, you know, knowing where I park for the day, because Kim and I will go and and look at that before we start the contract. And we try to take a lot of those variables out because first days are difficult. But for me, I look at it in phases is phase one, who am I working with personality wise? Mm-hmm. Phase two, the physicians that I'm working with, because I work very closely with the docs. And phase three is how they do things. And even though I'm sound in my skills, everywhere does things differently. And that's the part that makes me nervous is how do they put in ports? How do they, what's their protocols? How do the nurses work with the, within the department? There's a lot of variables that no matter what you do and how you prepare, you cannot be prepared for. Right. We actually did a whole episode on this about... Um, we did two episodes on Yeah, because we did. We gave a talk at TravCon all about this. And so we did an awesome podcast about it where we specifically speak on first day stuff and how you can really like show up and shine and kind of our rituals and what we do to prepare for our first days. So listen to that. I'm not sure what the episode is. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, but just know that... 
it's normal to feel nervous. nervous. It's yeah. normal. And know that your whole traveling crew and community is behind you. We all get it. We're all there. We're all experiencing the same mix of emotions and nerves and everything. And it's part, it's just part of what we're signing up for, but it's normal to feel nervous. Well, I could tell you from a scientific point of view, Mel Robbins talks about it all the time that your body doesn't know the difference between nerves and excitement. It's your brain that tells, it defines it for you. You have the same reactions, the same heart increase, like heart rate increase and the feelings and the, the jitters and the stomach. It's all the same feeling your body reacts to when you're excited or you're nervous. So you can start to tell yourself like, I'm excited for my first day and your brain starts to get to understand that. And that is a scientific thing. That yeah, that's like, we were talking about this a lot. Not lot. Yeah, I guess last year for TravCon, we gave uh, our first big talk because we were speaking at Newbie Bootcamp and it was like three or 400 people. And it was the biggest audience that I'd ever spoken in front of. And I was really, really nervous. And I remember you kept saying that of like, just keep, cause I'm like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. Like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Like I was like, I can't speak in front of all of these people. And you're like, just pretend, just keep saying, I'm so excited to do this. I'm so excited. It's like, you're almost tricking your brain to be like, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Like, let's do this. And it did work. And another thing like was like like jumping up and down. Like I'm so excited. I'm so like you're getting the energy out because that energy has to go somewhere. And there's something about like just kind of releasing that, like going into the bathroom before you walk in the department. Punching and just, some pillows. Yeah, jumping up and down, punching pillows, whatever. And just kind of like letting that energy go and like tricking your brain into thinking you're excited and just being like, okay, like let's do this, let's you do know? It. Yep. And just like everything else with our industry, it's temporary, right? So like the first week, week and a half is gonna be a little bit uncomfortable. It's gonna be a little bit bumpy while you're figuring things out. But I find for myself, at least the third week, I start to oh, be yeah, like, oh yeah, I got this. Yeah. Two weeks behind me, I'm ready to go. Yep. So you're not alone. Okay, yep. number 10. Um, you can't travel if you have pets or kids. And completely Obviously, false. as I'm sitting here staring at my creepy pug. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about pets first. Let's do it. You want, you want yeah. to? So obviously, you know, there is a little bit of a gray area again, as we've seen, but you know, we travel with a pug. She is, she treats the apartment better than we do. Um, she's extremely house trained. She doesn't bark. She's the best travel companion ever. Um, with that being said, if we had a restricted breed or a big breed, or if our dog was out of control, <laughs> that would make things a little bit more difficult. We have seen a lot of apartment complexes, because uh, Kim and I do find our own you know, housing a lot of times, um, that with Airbnbs and apartment complexes, they have restrictions on even cats. So if you're traveling with cats, that could be difficult. But what we've seen is there is a wide variety of travelers on the road right now, in contracts as we speak, with every breed known to mankind and cats and sometimes a mix of both. Yeah. And it can be done. And and I think too, just like what you should think about is evaluate your own situation. And, you know, knowing that if you are, you can absolutely travel with pets, right? But if you, if you have two pit bulls and three cats, are you going to have a harder time trying to find housing and things like that? Yeah, you are. Like, that's a fact. Like, there's no way to get around it. Unfortunately, pit bulls, there are a lot of restrictions. Or uh, what was the other one? Like a chow chows or a big one. And like, 
Um, You're the only one that says chow chow. I love chow chow. It's, it's a chow. Chow chow. Is it Is chow that? chow? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I swear it's just chow. You're the one that says chow chow. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I love chow Like German chow. shepherds, but I've yeah. seen a bunch of them around. So, so just, it's, again, it's like everything else. You have to evaluate your own situation and figure out what works for you, but know that it can add more obstacles, but it doesn't mean it's not doable, okay? Uh, as an example, we, I, one of our friends who really wanted to travel, she had a dog that was very, very, very needy and couldn't be around anybody else. And so, uh, she, she couldn't leave the dog alone during the day. And so she had to find a place that had like a doggy door and a yard where the dog could go out. And it was like this whole situation. And I was like, I'm just going to be upfront. Like, yeah, you could figure this out a hundred percent, but no, like a, that's probably going to be more costly. So your housing options are going to be smaller and it might take more time to find a place to live. Like, let's just call it what it is. And she ended up traveling for a little while and, and she was, she figured it out and she recently just went back to full time. But things that you want to think about, right? Like you're yep. going to limit the ease of things. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about kids. We don't have kids. We're not huge like experts in this field, but what huge. I huge. We're no experts in this field. I don't. The only reason that I would say is because our group is filled with parents who travel. Yeah, that's right. So, like, all I would say about it is, if you're interested in traveling with kids, like, don't let kids be something that holds you back. Right? Talk to people. Talk. Like, reach our reach out in our Facebook group, Travel Life Freedom and Scrubs, and say, Hey, who in here travels with kids? Hook up with somebody who's already doing it that could give you some advice so you could see if it's a right fit for you or not. Right? Mm -hmm. There are tons of people who travel with kids. I personally would never want to do it. Like, there's people who travel the world with kids. I would do that. I don't. But I. But it adds a whole another element. 100%. to what you're doing. And so I think you just have to figure out if that's what you want to do or not. Um, a lot of times people will homeschool, like one parent stays home and homeschools and one of them's working, right? So there's definitely ways to figure it out, but hook up with somebody who's done it, who is doing it, that can give you some advice. Yeah, and we have a particular um, person in our group, Joanna Hall, she is, I mean, it's just that story is amazing. They literally travel with what four? Is it four kids? I think three kids and like a bunch of dogs. Three kids, dogs, <laughs> and they travel in, the in their RV. And she does ultrasound. Yep. And her husband homeschools the kids and lives in the RV with their aunt. And they've been traveling for years now. And she's actually uh, a big proponent of helping guide parents uh to who want to travel yeah and that's it's, it's awesome there's people who do it tons there's of people tons of people who do it so you got to figure out if it's right for you or not okay number 11 uh taking lots of time off will hurt you as a traveler mm, that is completely false yeah i mean again you're talking to us <laughs> like the name of this podcast is gap travel our theme is taking you know as much time off as we possibly can mm -hmm. So here's the specifics with it. The reason why people think it will hurt you is one, you have a gap on your resume. Time You take a significant amount of time off. Like why did you take so much time off? Um, and I guess is it like, is any, is it a big deal if you take time off? Mm -hmm. So number one, with the gap in the resume, personally speaking, I've never had any issues nope. as a traveler. Nope. 
with them being like, why did you take so much time off? Or you we're not going to offer you a job because of the time, whatever. If, if anything, it's been like a, a, a icebreaker and honestly been a really cool conversation about the fact that like there was a gap here. Like, did you not work? Were you let go? Like what happened? I was like, no, I actually took six months to travel through Southeast Asia. And it's like, no way. Like, yeah, it starts a cool conversation. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to hear about that. 100%. So, so I wouldn't worry about that. Um, when it comes to like skills, I will say that is something to think about because, you know, like, okay, the last time or this, this contract when I started, I had taken eight months off. Mm -hmm. Was it eight months? Mm -hmm. You'd taken longer. I did. I know. Believe it or not, I've actually taken a year before. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that, coming in i would that was another reason i think i'm i was more nervous for a first day because not only was it with a first day but i hadn't been in a hospital my clinical skills i felt like i just felt very out of place it, it felt unnatural to me and it took time for me to get back into that zone into that mindset and so when you take a significant amount of time off coming back to work, like you're going to be rusty. It's going to take you a little bit for things to click than if you were just like in the job, you know, day after day after day. So that is something to think about. But that being said, you know, I'm a sonographer, so I can only speak on that. But like my first couple of scans and I've been a sonographer for 13 years now, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of experience under my belt. I wouldn't recommend that as like a newbie, but like I have a lot of experience. And so my first couple of scans, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so out of it. I'm so like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like ah. even talking to patients, you were like, yeah, like, cause you have your spiel, you know, you're like, you kind of know like, Hey, I'm Kim. I'm going to be X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, the questions asked, it's like something you almost go into autopilot, right? Like, you know, the like the flow of things. So when you've been out of it for a while, you're like, crap, I have no idea what to say or what I'm doing. So it took a little bit, but like after the first couple of days, I was like, oh yeah, like it's all coming back to me. Like I get it. Like and it clicks back in, but I did feel very out of sorts in the beginning. It felt very, um, I was nervous. Mm -hmm. I was nervous about it. I think from a technical point of view, if you're looking at it, um, what we have seen in our eight years of travel and taking a lot of time off, our recruiter doesn't care um, mm -hmm. as long as you're in constant communication with them and just letting them know what's going on. If you just disappear for eight months without any sort of communication, then obviously that could create some sort of, um, you know, speed bump when it comes back to like, hey, I'm ready to work. They're like, well, where were you? <laughs> like, yeah. where'd you go? So we're always in communication with our recruiter. Hey, after this contract, we are going to be taking a significant amount of time off. We don't know when, but we will stay in communication with you and we will be um, really communicating when we're ready to work. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll give you a heads up. On another note, uh, the hospitals, they honestly, what I have seen, they care, can you do the job? Are you gonna come in and has your time off created to where we're gonna have to like babysit you for a long time? Because that's not gonna fly. So can you come in and do the job? And if you feel confident enough that you can do that, then take as much time off as you want. Yeah. It, it, nobody has ever said, due to your extended vacation, we're gonna pass on you, ever. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so, I'm not saying that that can't happen, but honestly, again, it goes back to the beginning of this and the last podcast. I'd be like, well, thanks. I wasn't supposed to work for you anyway. I'll find somebody else. Exactly. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Exactly. So we are huge about the reason why we love traveling and why we've done it for so many years is because we get to take a lot of time off. Yep. So don't let that 
hold the fears of what that would look like hold you back because that's one of the perks and a lot of travelers take advantage of that. 100%. So we're all kind of in the same boat. I think that's it on that one. Last one. Woo, 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 woo. This is a big one it for is. newbies. Okay. This is, we've actually had this conversation so many times in the beginning where we had to call our recruiter and she had Every to talk week. us off the ledge. Yep. Um, is the traveling lifestyle taking contracts, is it sustainable? True. Very true. Um, oh, I guess traveling isn't sustainable. That's false. But traveling is sustainable is yeah. true. So, um, yeah. I mean, again, we can only speak from our own story. I know people have different you know, thought processes, but from our own experience of eight years of being travelers, we have found jobs whenever we were looking. Well, it, here's, here's the fear. Okay, here's the fear. This is what our fear was. When you are leaving the predictability and the... Uh, comfort. The comfort and the security of a full-time job, right? You know your hours, you know you're getting paid, you know when you're gonna to go to work, when you're taking off everything. So you're leaving that behind to jump into a world that you're unsure about, right? And so one of our biggest questions, and again, this was eight years ago, so it was before there was you know, podcasts like this or Facebook groups and things like that where you could get the answers you were looking for. We just had to kind of rely on our faith and also our recruiter at the yeah. time um, to trust that she wasn't scamming us, that she wasn't trying to sell us on something, that it was legit. But our fear was like, okay, we're gonna take this contract in Atlanta but after that, how long before another? Is one? there going to be another job, or is that it? Like, how long are we going to have to wait? And at the time, we didn't have a savings account. We had so much debt. We had no other source of income. So it was like we had to work. And so we're like, what are we going to do if the if the jobs aren't there? And so that's a huge fear that people have of just like, are there really a lot of jobs out there, and can I keep doing this to support myself? And so. The answer is yes. And we jumped in without really knowing. And here we are eight years later and it's been fine. And what I love about traveling is that you really do, again, depending on the market, it's going to ebb and flow, depending on your modality, all of that. But for the most part, it's like in our experience, we've been able to work when we want and to take off when we want. So it's like there's, if, if we're ending a contract, we wanna take another one, we start looking, you know, four weeks out and we lock in something else. And so that's always been available to us. So we've never had to worry about, oh my gosh, we're not working. We only take time off if, if we want to. We've never had to take time off because there wasn't a job. 100%, and I think that's where, you know, just preparing yourself and really getting clear on your own personal situation and understanding like, what is that pull the ripcord moment? Like, what is that where like, my altitude is too low, I gotta pull my parachute. And whatever that is for you, um, again, with that being said, for us at the beginning, taking two, three, four weeks off after our first contract was not feasible for us. Mm -mm. Um, again, with that being said, Kim had a contract locked in before like two, like a month before I even finished my first contract. Yeah. So we saw that that worked. And then I actually landed a contract in March that started in July for when Kim finished and allowed us to go to Europe for two weeks. So, we were there for almost a month. Yeah, I mean, we for were, yeah, we took like a, almost a month off. Right, yeah. and so that being said, we saw that happening as a pattern, and we're like, okay. And then again, you look back and you're like, damn, eight years later, 
you know, we've had all sorts of stories where we've taken off five months and I took a um, interview in, in the Philippines in the airport and locked in a contract for when we came home from our trip around the world. Like that literally, it's been happening for us over and over and over again. Um, but just understanding your own situation of saying like, you know, how long can I go? And knowing that things do happen. Um, but for the most part, it is a sustainable yeah, and working uh, with multiple companies and recruiters will help with that, right? Because you're just locking in your chances of, of getting a job. Uh, so that definitely helps. And so, yeah, I think just not letting all, like, it, just knowing that when you're jumping into something completely new and different, like traveling, it's a completely different world and lifestyle than full-time. And it's normal to have fears and questions and everything. And that's kind of why we wanted to do this is because there's a lot of questions that come up. Um, when you're jumping into this new life. And so knowing that there's going to be fears and nerves and uncertainty that's going to be there with making this kind of life decision, but trusting in yourself and your own gut and your own heart. Like if you feel like you want to take the leap into traveling, that trust that and know that you have people in your corner like us you have people you can ask questions to there's people that can guide you that can support you that can show you the way and that if you feel called to the travel life listen to that and take the leap and you're gonna figure it out 100%. you're gonna figure it out don't let the fears or the unknowns hold you back from actually going for what you want yep and action gains clarity yeah. Always. You take a step forward, you figure it out. You take another step forward, you figure it out. If something sets you back a step, then you're going to go that much more forward because now you've learned. Um, and, you know, we've seen that throughout our travel career. And it's like Kim said at the beginning, it's the best thing we've ever done. Best and, decision we ever made. And, you know, we always say this, we'll end on this, is like when we were making that decision to start traveling, you know, on paper, it really didn't make sense. And, I, <laughs> and we are, and again, I'm grateful, like, we're a couple. We got to make this decision together. We weren't doing this alone. But even as a couple together, coming together and evaluating our life and looking at it on paper, financially, everything. We had just bought a house. We had these great jobs that, you know, that were good jobs. And we had family and friends and all of the things. And it was like, we had credit card debt. We had no savings. Like nothing made sense on paper. And we had a lot of fears too and uncertainty around everything that was involved in this lifestyle. And we had zero answers to any of our questions. But when we really sat down on looking at the paper, we were like, fuck, like we probably shouldn't do this. But we leaned into our heart's desire and trusted in that because that was so much stronger of like, we have to do this. It doesn't make sense, but we have to do this and go for it and trust in, in this inner knowing. And we did. Yep. And there it was were, the best decision we ever made. We've talked about it in like the beginning podcast, but we did the pros and cons list and there was like two pages of cons. And I think it, what I remember correctly is the only pro was it, this feels right. Yeah. It feels right. And we just kept saying like, it feels right. Even though like all these things are like, uh oh, like what could happen? It just, it felt right to our core and we followed it and it's worked out ever since and it's great and it's a fairy tale story with a lot of you know messiness messiness <laughs> in there it wasn't always like we said rainbows and butterflies but honestly looking back eight years i can look back and say man i've grown so much as a person and i've gained so many skills that i never thought i would ever have to use that i've 
you know, contributed to, man, I really, you know, improved that muscle as a traveler and now it's paying off in ways that I never thought possible outside of the travel in world. In all areas of yeah. life. 100. I love that. That's a great place to end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully you guys got some questions answered or got some myths debunked here. Yep. Factor fiction. Factor fiction. Everything was fiction. Everything. <laughs> Nothing was a fact. <laughs> That's what I was saying. That's why I was confused. I'm like, literally all of these things are fiction. So anyways, this was the Mythbuster episode yeah. of the podcast. Thank you for being here and listening. Please subscribe and leave us a review. If you haven't already, you can go to freedomandscrubs.com and leave us a review. And we love you. We appreciate you. Let us know if you have any questions. You can connect with us. The easiest way is at Kim and Aaron G on Instagram, DM us. Uh, we have lots of conversations going on over there. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. It'll be, uh, we'll be married 10 years and two days, three days. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yikes. I know. So we'll talk Yikes. about our time in the Ozarks and we'll do a relationship geared podcast. Sounds good. Yep. All right. All right, y'all. Bye. Deuces. Deuces.